Pete Palmisano. I'm practicing social distancing. I... What? Oh, I don't have to do that. Sorry. Okay, hi. It's Pete Palmisano. I was practicing social distancing, and then, you know, the first sign of senility is when you start talking to yourself. So rather than talking to myself, I came up with this idea where I do a bonus podcast this week. Because we all need to talk to somebody, and I was hoping that a few of my theater friends who have been hard hit by this self-isolation and by this shutdown uh, would like to talk to me about some of the things that happened to them while they were trying to produce shows this past week or so. So I got on FaceTime, and I spoke to a bunch of friends, and I asked them, What's been happening? So uh, what you're going to hear is a collection of, in this case, four people who I spoke to. And in between each one, I will introduce the person and tell you what show they were involved in. And then we'll go right on to what those people have to say about their particular theatrical situation and their personal situation and how they're handling the isolation And then, on a personal note, what they're looking forward to in their own future, and the future of all of us. And I should warn you that because these were all done via phone FaceTiming, and some were even done just over a regular landline, the quality of voices isn't exactly what I try to put in every other podcast. But hey, we're in crisis mode. What do you expect? Let's start off with Road Less Traveled Theater's production of Hand to God, and today we're going to talk to Dan Ertz. And Dan was the star of that show, and it was running beautifully and had a great review. And suddenly our government officials said, hold on there, let's cut this short. Let's see how you handle this. Here's Dan Ertz. Hey, Dan. Hi, Peter. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm all right. What What are you doing with yourself? Are you hanging around the house? What else is there to do? Or Or are you somebody who still has to work? Oh, I'm uh, I'm off work. Uh, I've been off work since uh, Tuesday this week. Uh, we've been kind of been playing it on a daily basis, but they gave me these last two days off. Where, so where, where do you I've work? Just, uh, I work for a small business on Grand Island. It's a clean windows and bug control. Uh, but I, yeah, I work in the office there. I do administrative stuff like scheduling, customer service, sales. Uh, I'm pretty much just on the phones and on like our, our computers there all day. Yeah, so you um, you can work from inside the office if you have to. Right, right, and it's it's a small group environment. It's just it's a, there's only about six or seven of us in that building at any given time, and so it's a, a small enough group that we, we, as long as we're all being sufficiently hygienic, we all still come into work if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with uh, window cleaning and pest control, we're just not really sure what the uh, need is going to be over the next couple months, uh, just with all the fallout of this, with, you know, people not wanting to be around people. Like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a job where you have to have the guy out there, you know, washing the window or, or treating for the insects, like... So they, they don't know what they're they don't know what the status of the business is going to be whether it's going to be right, just right. on a major yeah. slowdown for a while. It might be, yeah. We're just not really sure. We're um, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat as everyone else at this point, like playing it day by day. So what are you doing with yourself, Dan? 
when you're home all these uh i've been here i've been uh on my computer here keeping up with the news and all that uh other than that, I've been playing games. I've been hanging out with my roommate and uh, his dog. <laughs> and uh, that's been pretty much keeping us entertained so far here. I was actually playing some uh, uh, Dungeons & Dragons over Skype uh, the past few nights with a couple friends of mine. And so we're, we've been able to get, keep that going uh, because we all have a sudden amount of free time that we're able to just connect with uh, our Skype over that and play for a couple hours a night. Yeah, I hear you. But my son-in-law wants me to buy. I was talking to him yesterday. They live in Atlanta with my granddaughters down there, and he said, "Well, you, you need uh -huh. to you need to get a, a Nintendo Switch so that we can all play together online." I said, I "I'm not buying a Nintendo <laughs> Switch just to play with my granddaughters. Can I just talk to them or the FaceTime them and and so on?" And uh, pretty much exactly. uh, that, that ended that conversation. Oh yeah, I love Nintendo Switch. It's great. It's a it's a great place for video games so dad one of the things i wanted to talk to you about are your feelings about uh, uh your feelings about your show getting canceled of course we all know it was yeah hand to god and oh my god you got such terrific reviews and i spoke to somebody recently mm -hmm. who uh who will probably appear on this podcast and uh, she told me she said this was just the perfect match of a of a role with the perfect person to do it and uh, you should take this on the road and play this all over, you know, all over the country. So, so what are your feelings about it? <laughs> it's incredible. The response was amazing. I loved hearing what people had to say. It was um, the part I, I loved doing so much. It re really was a passion project for me. It was just uh, something, it was such a challenge. It was so new and so very much in my wheelhouse. I'm, I was a, I'm always been a big fan of horror and comedy. And uh, just doing funny things on stage, and this show was uh, everything for that. And the fact that it got canceled, it really is heartbreaking. But at the same time, it's just been devastating for everyone, having to watch all of these shows uh, just uh, announced one by one, just like dominoes, that everything's getting canceled. It really just, you know, puts it into perspective that it's not just this one show, it's every show. It's all over town, it's all over the country. It's really devastating just to see how everything just kind of halted, you know, one week. And I, I think our show was pretty lucky that we, we actually got to do seven performances. While, you know, other shows, like I, I got to see The Outsiders at Theater of Youth, I think they only had one public performance. Wow. And that was a show that, you know, yeah, they, they put in just as much time and effort as anyone else. And it, it really just, it, it, have, it hit everyone really hard. Yeah, and really your show was postponed from the year before. So this is like, right. you know, been dramatis interruptus for you. You were getting ready to do it, not, yeah. not not rehearsing, but you were, you know, mentally getting ready to do that show. And then it got postponed mm -hmm. for a year because because Road Less Traveled Theater wasn't quite ready yet. The building itself, right? right? right. They were exactly they were they were in between uh, moving between theaters at that time between Five Hundred Pearl and where they are now. Right. And uh, the the tough thing was that was we found out that it might not be happening uh, just at that first read. And that was uh, about two months before we were supposed to start rehearsals. And then about a month later, we got the email uh, that it wasn't going to be happening. So we were about a month out from rehearsals, getting ready for the show. Uh, I was knee deep in you know, playing with puppets and getting these conversations into my mind <laughs> and then finding out it wouldn't be happening for another 19 months. Wow. Uh, that again was just, it, it, it really hurt. But it was like it, it kind of bittersweet that it would still be happening and that I would have um, more time to work on it.
uh, I, in the end, I was really thankful for that, having you know a lot more time to sit with the material, uh, and knowing that it was coming back was still, you know, it was, it was still something to hold on to for that long a time. And as you said, you at least. Well, like the show I was in, we, we got six performances in, and you got, or seven, I think, and you got a few performances in as, as well, and you have to really feel for these people who canceled, like Dog in the Nighttime, got canceled the day before they were going to open, yeah. and, uh, you know, Three Tall right. Women. Oh. Uh, the, the horrible, horrible for these people. I know that the, the just the experience is, is great to be in a show like this, but you really want, you really want people to see it. Did you did you guys right. get the message via email or or did you all sit down and talk about it or or what? While we were still in performances, we all did sit down and kind of have a, a discussion about what might be happening over the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, it really just did just you know come on so fast out of nowhere. But uh, in the end of it, it was I believe yeah that, it was that Sunday morning. I think I got a phone call from the stage manager uh, that it was fully canceled for the rest of the run. But yeah, it's it's just a uh, uh, devastating when it happens. You know, people are trying to figure out what their seasons are, what their shows are going to be, and then it, it just throws a whole wrench into everything. Everything feels like, you know, when, when one person gets bumped in a line and then the person behind them runs into them and the person behind them bumps into them again and then they all start <laughs> falling over each other. Everything is just piling up immediately and nobody nobody knows how to get out of it. It's just so, it's so hectic. The dominoes really start to fall. Listen, I, I, you may not be yeah. able to say anything about this, but I know some of the theaters, like you know, over at mm-hmm. Cavanoke, Lorraine, they're, they're trying to figure out a way to continue indecent somewhere in the future. You know, Irish Classical wants to continue the Onion game somewhere in the future. Has uh, has Scott mm-hmm. spoken to you about the possibility of either continuing or remounting this in the future? Yes, we have been in the talks. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, we have been talking about it. Uh, it's it's just. Uh, at this moment, it's uh, possibly in the very near future, as opposed to something, you know, further out. But again, this kind of bumps into what's going on late, later in the season right. uh, with certain shows that I'm personally involved in. Uh, I don't want to, like, drop any, you know, names or anything. I, I am still very much currently in talks with people trying to figure this out, which mm-hmm. is why it's so difficult to say something about it. It's all just happening right now. Yeah, uh, it, it feels very present. It feels like everyone is very much in the moment right now, uh, which in some ways is a good thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's just hard to say. Like I can't really maybe say anything at this present time. No, I'm sure. Um, but we are looking into it. I really would love to come back to the the show and the part. It's so much fun, and I would love to have more people see it. Well, that was one of that's one of the <laughs> one of the few good things about this whole thing is that. If uh, if three tall women gets pushed on to another season, perhaps I'll be able to see it. I I wouldn't have been able to see it. Uh, Dog in the nighttime, same right. thing. I wouldn't have been able to see it because their run would have been over, and I was busy. And 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 I was supposed to see your show on the industry night. And of course, mm-hmm. now if, if it does get revived somewhere down the line, whether it's three months from now or three years from now, maybe I'll have a chance to see it because right, right. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 that's always, the only good thing about this that I can think of, uh, other than the fact that we're all yeah. getting a lot of housework <laughs> housework done. Exactly. Are you pretty much planning on going back to your other job Monday, or or you don't know yet? Uh, right now, that's uh, my plan. Uh, I am opening an unemployment claim for the first time through my employer. They're helping me along with that situation, so that is getting taken care of. So I am taken care of in that respect. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I just we are planning as of now to go back on Monday, but we're just not sure at this point if anything, you know, comes down the pipeline, either statewide or federally, barring any sort of 
leaving your house, uh, which I'm, I'm, I, who knows, who's to say right. what could happen at this point. Do you have family around uh, here, Dan? Not around here. Um, most of my family is actually around central New York, right around the Syracuse area. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's just it's just basically you and your roommate and perhaps a friend or two here. Mm-hmm. Even, even them, you you can't see. You don't have any family around. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I've I've been uh, sufficiently away from them. I've been in, in communication uh, with people just to make sure everything's you know going fine out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. I, I've I've figured I would take these couple of days just to kind of lay low, get my own housework done, get my own affairs in order. Hopefully, just stay inside. Let everyone else do the same. Just to try to get through this as quickly and as you know efficiently as possible. And and we will get through it. I I really I really do believe that you know this is not the end of times. Mm-hmm. This 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 is a speed bump. You know that we're all going to have to deal with. And and unfortunately, in some service industries, it's affecting them the worst. You know, restaurants and and bars and things like right. that. I feel bad for the wait staff. I feel bad for the bartenders. But hopefully, there'll be some kind of a mm-hmm. stimulus package that continues their income stream instead of just going mm-hmm. to their bosses, who certainly can use it as well, I'm sure. But Right, yeah. Do you have anything coming up down the road that you can talk about that, that uh, for next season? Uh, for next season, I can say uh, I have confirmed for Curtain Up uh, at the Cavanoke. Uh, I will be appearing in Something Rotten. Oh, cool. Uh, that's a very funny musical. Yeah, directed by uh, Formato. Uh, I'll be playing Nigel Bottom. He's the brother of Nick Bottom, <laughs> who uh, there are... They're brothers and they're writers in competition with a contemporary writer in their time, a guy by the name of William Shakespeare. I never heard of him. Uh, he's kind of a kind of an annoying, really. Uh, <laughs> okay. But they they're devising a plan to try and uh, outwit uh, Shakespeare and sort of usurp his fame and fortune. That's terrific. Uh, but it's all hilarious. It's a, it's a very very funny musical. Very smart. Very clever. I'm really looking forward to that one. Can't wait to get started. And you've worked with Lynn before, yes? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, uh, I worked with her in Spamalot, uh, where I appeared as Not Dead Fred, among other things. <laughs> uh, the guy who shows up in the in the uh, one skit. I- I'm not dead. That's right. Uh, I that remember that. Very fun. Well, I, I'm sure you'll have a good time with that. And Lynn is, <laughs> Lynn is lights out. She's mm-hmm. she's just great. What a pro. Well, listen, I, I appreciate that you took the opportunity, took the time to talk to me because I'm, I'm just trying to get people's feelings mm-hmm. about it. I, and, and generally speaking, everybody is sad and upset about it, but looking on the bright mm-hmm. side and things will get better. And, and I'm glad to hear that talks are underway that we might get to see Hand of God for an mm-hmm. extended run sometime in the future, whether it's in the next right. two months or in the next two years. Because exactly. I really did look so forward to something seeing. to look forward to. Exactly. Dan, thanks very much for, for talking to me. I will edit this out, mm-hmm. and, and I'll as I always say to everybody, I'll cut out all the parts where I sound stupid and uh, leave, in, <laughs> leave in all the places where you sound stupid. So I don't even know, if this, I don't even know if this is ever going to run, but I, I wanted to mm-hmm. do something. I wanted to have something with this crazy podcast. And, yeah. and let's face it, I'm home bored to death. This gives me something to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Same, same here. Thank, thank you so much for having me. All right, Dan, really take care of yourself. You. Good luck, buddy. Thank you. You too. And now on to Alex Malaise from the Cavanokis Indecent. So tell me what you're doing with yourself around the house. How are you keeping sane around the house? Well, today I I made a schedule for myself because I do better on a routine. That's a great and, idea. That's a great suggestion. 
Yeah. So I did, um, you know, I dated it today and I started, I, I'm, it's just the way I plan a class too. Mm -hmm. So it's down to the minute. So it's like from seven to eight, wake up and coffee from eight to eight 45. I'm going to check out my finances and make some lists of things to do. So like I said to you personally, like I kind of made sure to sprinkle it with some productivity, Mm -hmm. but also to do some self care in there to do some household chores to connect with people. I have like three different times in the day where I'm like, call another alcoholic, call somebody local, try to get outside. So yeah, so the the schedule has seemed to work for me. I did forget that we said we were going to talk. So you were not on my (laughs) schedule, but it's so fine. Because I have like this kind of wiggle, you know, I have this all this wiggle room right now. So I can do whatever I want. Well, Um, on my list of things to do was was make a list of of things to do, and I haven't right. haven't gotten. So I to have it. a side list of things to do that I would like to get to, and that's going to be sprinkled into the daily schedule. So I'm going to keep that side list and sprinkle things in because I don't want to overwhelm myself. Because I've been known to do that too, where I I put too much stuff on my schedule, and then I feel like a failure, right? So, yes. But you know, I've been in the dumps for a few days, and so it was a way for me to kind of kind of bring myself out of the haze and and get to a normal routine and do things that make me feel fulfilled and better about the situation. And I'll tell you, it really worked. Like, I feel pretty good today. And it was great to connect with so many people. And it was great to get outside. We, I went on a walk with Crystal. We went to um, F- Forest Lawn yeah. um, Cemetery. I had never been there. And so it was so spectacular. I was like, I'm going to come here all the time now. Like, I didn't even know how beautiful it was. So now looking at the time, being like, oh, it's, it's 20 to 6. And I I really did have a full day and I, I, I've been able to get some things done and also kind of um, check in with others and myself. So that's what I did today. That was not what I did yesterday. Yesterday I hid under a blanket crying. <laughs> and I watched way too many documentaries on Netflix. But other than that, I'm back. What is interesting is I find myself going, getting to this point and thinking, Oh man, I didn't really, I, I didn't finish editing I, and I didn't finish it. And then I thought to myself, what? You got all day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have so much time. You have so much time. What are you worried about? Things, yeah, one of the things on my list um, that you're kind of in the slot of right now is to read. Like, I haven't picked up a book for, for, for pleasure in a, a year. And I have a stack of books that somebody kind of donated to me and I'm like oh my gosh I'm gonna read a book for pleasure I haven't done that for long indecent is my fourth show in a row back to back to back to back this season so I just really have been like a machine and so like I'm I'm gonna read just a little bit every day when I retired from teaching that was the one thing that I was the top of my list is get back to reading for pleasure there, yeah. there was no time. I was reading papers. I was planning lessons. I was studying lines. But- yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's been it's been very theater related. So any free time that I've had, I've had to put towards um, research and study and and line learning. And so I really haven't picked up a book since uh, God knows when. So I'm very excited to do even if it's just thirty minutes of reading a day. Yeah. Just, I, the great escape. I love the idea of making up a schedule for yourself. I, somebody said on TV the other day, D- make your bed and get dressed. 
Don't lie yeah. around in your pajamas all day. And people who make their bed actually accomplish more during the day. And I thought, okay. My bed is made. <laughs> I said, that makes perfect sense. I don't know why, but it, it does make some kind of crazy sense. So I've been doing it. And I remember yeah. the first day, the first day back from Indecent, I... I didn't. I found a bunch of lounge pants because I don't wear them, and I found right. them up in the closet. And I said, you know, I, I'm going to wear the, these because they're comfortable. They're like yoga pants, and I yeah. put them on. And I sat around all day, and I felt sick because th this is the way I am when I'm sick. I, I lie yeah. around with with a sweatshirt on it and and these flannel pajama bottoms. And I thought, you're not sick. Get dressed. Put your jeans right. on. And and I don't know. It's something mental about it. Something. No, I had to, I, sh I showered today, which, I mean, I showered yesterday too, but like, it was part of my schedule. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send you my schedule when we hang up. I'll text it to you so okay. that you can see how regimented it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's down to the minute. It's 7.05 <laughs> to 7.07, brush your teeth. So Don't forget. That, that sort Don't of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk at all about indecent? Um. Yeah, I mean... I think that um, I'm feeling I, I, more I, positive about it every day. These emails we keep getting from Lorraine. I know. Same. Um, you know, any chance to remount it, even if it was just in it for a for a weekend, um, I would be so into that. Um, it's just, it was such a special story and a special experience, and it's not very often where. I experience this on stage, and that is to say that I really feel like I'm being rather than performing. And and this show, just the, the swiftness of it and how it moved from one thing to the other, and you constantly had to be on your toes. Like, there was no time to perform. It just, you just had to be in the moment, which was such a, it's such a gift to have those moments. And I've only had it a few times where I just didn't feel like, the, the nerves kind of dissipated quickly and it was just like, let's go on the ride together. So having to let it go, I mean, I, I was hopeful that it will return. It's clear that it's not. I mean, there's there's evidence that it that it may have an, we may have another shot at it, even just for a filming or a, or, a, you know, just a, a, a limited viewing, which yeah. would be great. I'm not ready to say goodbye to it, but. Yeah, I've spoken to several people, and there are a lot of theaters. Uh, everybody's thinking about it because, yeah. you know, because it was so abrupt. Right. And and as everybody knows, we had these three four-star shows running simultaneously, and boom, all three of them get shut down. Canceled. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, like, why couldn't All for One, you know, unless they've chosen their next year's show, or I don't know if they're trying to go every year, every other year, I don't know what their plan is, but, like, why couldn't they just try to remount this next in the next all for one slot, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, f first of all, like they, like other theaters, have their season. They've already announced their season for for seven ten, and sure, all for sure. one, all for one has got a couple of shows in there, I think. So oh. people are even looking at you know a year after. Yeah, I mean, I guess for indecent, the only thing I would be worried about is how old am I going to be in two more years. <laughs> Is it going to be weird for them to be like Monka in her 20s and I just turned whatever? I mean, it's a, it's a company acting actors, you know, it's who cares. That's, that's right. um, but, you know, I guess, you know, honestly, like it did trigger the losing of this show did trigger the Mockingbird loss yes. all over again. And, you know, 
thanks be to God, like we had an opportunity to kind of have closure with Mockingbird in a different slot with a different show with a different cast. It was the same slot. I went to Lorraine after she canceled Indecent, or at least in that temporary, those two show cancellations. And I was like, I am never working in this slot here again. Uh, so so yeah, clearly, just, clearly the whole thing is, was your fault. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's got to be me. That's what we were all, I didn't want to say it, but all of us behind the scenes, we were all talking about that. Yeah, that's it's totally. It, it's all Alex's fault. Yeah. Don't cast her in the March slot because <laughs> things will go down. It's uh, I think what people don't realize, and I might get emotional, Peter, because I am emotional about it, is that so many people on the outside just think like what we do is fun, and there's so much invested into these roles and so much work that's been done that it's like kind of having a baby in the womb and never being able to like birth it or or let it or let it grow up you know we had so much growing to do with indecent with mockingbird we we hadn't even born the baby yet right, you know right. and so you know it, for lack of better words i mean it, it really feels like so visceral to me it feels like a death it feels like a breakup it's like that kind of pain in my heart and in my gut and um i've never had a child you know so i'm sure people would poo poo my my comment but yes. it's like if it, it feels like having a baby ripped from the womb you know and it's just like it's very painful and um you know it it gives me trauma you know like i i feel traumatized a bit as dramatic as that sounds but i think you know and not to say that anyone else doesn't invest so much but it's just like i i take it personally and i invest so much of of every bit of every cell and breath that i have and so I guess that that just demonstrates the passion that I have for what we do. Sure, I we will heal, I will heal and you know, if there's an opportunity for us to remount and and even if it's for a limited time weekend, limited engagement, like that would be amazing and maybe offer some closure because like I don't do good with not no closure. <laughs> like I'm friends with most of my exes because I need cuz I can I we could have closure. I mean, there have been a few exes that have ghosted out completely <laughs> and never told me why but um i don't understand that alex i don't either i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna take some time to heal especially if we have to put it to get to bed forever but um you know i'm just grateful that we had as many as we did when others did not so it's just I, we weren't done yet like i texted aaron the other day i was like I miss smelling your hair. <laughs> She's like, I miss getting caught in your hair because we always used to get stuck together. Yes, yes. And my cut is healing really nicely. I don't know if you can see. Oh, I can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks. Thanks because I, I usually I can't sleep at night thinking about I mean, that. It was a doozy. It was how, a doozy. How do you, well, nobody knows how you did it. Something on the lantern. Yeah, I do. I do because I what I was doing was grabbing low because Jordan was holding up high. And so I was grabbing low. Well, I grabbed too low so that my finger went right into one of those top little nooks. Little nooks, yeah. Right in, you know, where the heat comes out, where the light comes out. I just went right in there, and it was a tight squeeze, and I felt it cut on the way in, and then I had to pull out. So I got it on the way out, too. So it's just a funny C-shaped, U-shaped kind of fillet. 
but it's healing nicely. So. Hey, what's what's coming up next year that you know of? That you can, um, talk, that you can talk about. I know some sometimes you can't talk about it. Yeah, well, I I don't know if Irish has announced their season yet, so I'm apprehensive to announce um, my show there, but I'm very excited about it. I was um, offered a show at Irish, and it's a small cast, and I'm very excited about the show, and I'm very excited about the cast. So there's, there's one in the fire for Irish in the spring, and then I am doing People, Places, and Things at the Cabinogi. And it, this play, Peter, if I if I never act again, I would die happy. Like, I saw this in New York last winter. It's about a woman slash actor um, in addiction and recovery. So it just feels like it was made for me. Wow. The play was so incredible. Like, I was jaw-dropped when I saw it on Broadway. Brought it to Lorraine or just, you know, kind of dangled it in front of her. And I just thought there was not a chance in hell. There's not a chance in hell she's going to do it because it's not her audience. But Lorraine has been pushing the envelope as far as shows that are not the cab audience. And yes, I really, she is. I really appreciate about that about her. And I really um, I commend her bravery for including it in the season. And I think it's so important. And I told her, like, I'm I am not afraid to be open about my own recovery. And God willing, a year from now, in May of next year, I'm going to knock on some wood, all of it. I'll be celebrating nine years of sobriety. And so I wouldn't have had these opportunities, all of these opportunities that I've had in Buffalo, if I didn't get my act together and get clean. And so like, what a gift to, to tell a story about my story. (laughs) That's that's amazing. And I understand what you mean now when you say, if you never, of course you will, but if you never had another opportunity, this is the one to go out on. This is a story that you want to tell. It's so important. And and it's it's going to be scary. I mean, artistically and personally, like, I have to go back and visit a lot of demons, you know? Like, she's in active addiction in a lot of the play, and it'll be a scary journey. But um, I'm really excited. I'm terrified. It's, it's a beast. I mean, it does have, like, a one-woman show kind of feel, but, like, with support. I guess. <laughs> Alex, I've, you've, I've already taken up too much of your time. I'm sure the schedule has been breached. It's only six. There's plenty of evening to go. There you is. Know? And you know what the good thing is, is that I've barely turned on my TV today, which has not been the case for the past smart, few days. That's a smart move. I've had mine on the whole time, but I haven't had the sound on. It's too much. <sighs> it's too much. Well, I think that this was so fun and we should do it more often (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you peter take care of yourself you too dear bye-bye now let's move over to the irish classical and the onion game and my friend david lundy okay david here we are tell me about life on grand island in the lockdown well things are are pretty good for us here we've got a uh we have a nice house. There are four of us living here, and we have enough room in this house for uh, people to pretty much be away from each other if they need to be. And yet near each other if they need to hug. Yeah, and we're uh, a little distant from neighbors, and we it's a nice place to live, So, and, and we have enough food and other supplies, so we're doing well that way. Uh, and we're not that bored. Uh, we're not even watching that much TV, but we have... Uh, 
enough to do just reading and, and surprised at how much, how fast the time goes. So for now, you know, maybe maybe in a couple of days we'll be tearing our hair out. But right now we're not not terribly bored. Not stir crazy yet. No, I'm not re- not ready to kill each other yet either. So tell me about the reaction to the uh, cancellation of the Onion game, and then the, the cancellation of other things that came afterwards. Yeah, uh, the Onion game was a. It seemed to be different from the cancellation of other of other theaters. We we canceled our show first. Others seemed to want to do that second weekend. We thought we would cancel the second weekend and come back for the third, but we have um, discovered that's just not going to not going to not going to be feasible. One of the reasons we stopped as early as we did is we had uh, we have those decisions are made by the board of trustees at Irish Classical and one of the board members who's in a position of authority had a family member years ago die of flu uh, a flu virus and so he's very sensitive to the idea that that people could get infected and didn't want that to happen uh, with Irish Classical. Our first weekend was a great weekend for Onion Game. We had uh, packed houses even though uh, people were just starting to get nervous about about being in crowds. The, the houses were were solid. We had Purell on the bar uh, for people to to stay clean and and comfortable. But by the beginning of the week, it was it was obvious that we were going to cancel the next weekend. We'd hoped to come back the weekend after that, but of course that that changed with the way everything changed in New York State. Did you get the word when you were you all together, or did you get the word via email or text? I think uh, we, I think we got it via email. So we had hoped that we were going to be able to do a an archival recording without an audience this week, because they want to bring Onion Game back. Uh, the the response to it was terrific, and they. They really don't want to lose out on that, especially because it was a world premiere. It was written by Brian Delaney, who's our new playwright in residence over at Irish Classical. Really, really a fine show, and and they don't want to lose a full run of it. Uh, when they can bring it back is another story. The uh, next season is already set in stone, so they can't just slip it in there. Uh, they might do it as a summer show. Um, they might put it into the season after that. But the Onion Game will come back, which is why we'd hope to do a, an archival recording so we remember how to do it. Uh, sure. But that that's not going to happen either out of, out of uh, safety concerns for the, the cast. What about your personal feelings about it? Well, you know, I, I have to say that I'm, I, I, I think this comes from uh, being the age, the age that I am, and, and realizing that life just goes on, I, 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 I think people are naturally upset about seeing their shows canceled, and I, I don't, I don't discount their feelings at all. But I think that um, the the strength of those feelings depends on maybe how long you've been around. I know that there's always going to be another season. Uh, if this show gets canceled, and my next show at Irish has been canceled. Uh, that's not the worst thing that ever happened to me. Uh, right. And the amount of work that we put into it was certainly a lot, but I got a lot out of that work. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I don't, uh, I, I certainly get paid for what I do, but I, that's not the be all and end all. I, I act because I like to act. And if we had never opened for an audience, I still got something out of the process. That's... I'm not saying that people shouldn't be upset about their shows closing. 
I think it's very disappointing for shows not to not to open. Uh, you know, a curious incident of the dog in the nighttime was ready to open, and and um, that was a lot of people and a lot of work, and I'm very sorry for them that they didn't get a chance to open. At the same time, you know, uh, life goes on. It's not the end of the world, and there will be other shows. And we're very resilient in this country. I mean, I I, I don't count us out of anything. As I said, the uh, the next show has been canceled at Irish as well, Cherry Orchard. They took some time to decide whether that was going to happen or not. We have one more show in the season. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Um, when, when was that supposed to open? Was that a June show? Yeah, that would open in June, and so it would rehearse in May. Right now, as I understand it, uh, Governor Cuomo has things locked down until May 1st, as I understand it. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So it may be that we, if, if things are looking good nationally with this crisis, um, maybe we'll be back to rehearsing in May. And maybe we won't. And that will be okay, too. I mean, we've got we to, gotta, you know, being safe is more important than putting on a show. It, you know, it, remind, it reminds me of uh, Bogart's line at the end of Casablanca. It's it's easy to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. <laughs> you know, uh, we we've got a crazy world to take care of first, and then we'll get back to we'll get back to entertaining people. I'm I'm sorry that I won't get a chance to entertain people till then, uh, except maybe little silly things I put on Facebook. Uh, and I'm we need little silly to... things. We need little silly things for it right now for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next season, you know, now that I don't have to work on The Cherry Orchard uh, and Drama at Inish is the next show that's up in the year. So after that comes Woman in Black, The Woman in Black will be in November at the Cabinoki and I'll be that's a two hander. So that's a lot of work for me. Uh, I have a lot to memorize and that's fine. The Cherry Orchard is not going to happen. So I'm not going to be memorizing for that. And I'm not going to start working on drama at Inish until I know we're going to do it. <laughs> um, or maybe a week before we know we're going to do it. So I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to put all my lines into my little app, and I'm going to start walking the dog and listening to the play over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And, and learning it. And uh, quickly, how about A Quiet Place 2? You want to tell a little bit about that? Yeah, it was, that was a little disappointing, but again... Uh, not the end of the world. My my Hollywood movie debut in A Quiet Place 2 uh, was going to happen this week. And unfortunately, uh, well, it was the right decision. They're going to push this film opening off uh, probably for at least a few months uh, until the crisis is over. Of course, they want to pe- keep people safe, and it's a very popular uh, film, or it's a sequel to a very popular film, so they, they expect a lot of people are going to want to see this. So naturally, we don't want to contribute to uh, to the problem, and we also don't want to open a, a movie at a time when people aren't going to be able to come see it. So it's just not a good business decision. Right. So I was all set to see myself on the, the big screen uh, in, a, in a Hollywood movie. I've done it before, but this, this would be a Hollywood movie. And that was going to happen this week, but it's it's uh, it's pushed off, and uh, you'll have to wait to see me and Emily Blunt uh, and whoever else. <laughs> Did Scoot, Scoot McNary and uh, oh, the whole gang was there. Yeah, all of us. <laughs> uh, 
Killian Murphy and. Uh, uh, All right, you name dropper. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in. I'm not in any scenes with Emily Blunt. I, I was that. just going to ask you that question too. Uh, I did see her once. I was. I was. I was in. You know, in proximity to her, but I was. Uh, uh, we didn't talk. Our, our eyes met. And we immediately looked away from each other. <laughs> you could feel the electric charge in the room. I'm sure you could. When Even our eyes met. I see. But, uh, but we did not speak because, you know, that would that would be uh, pushing things. I see. So. so you immediately said, oh, my God, that's Emily Blunt. And right away she said, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> Who's that crazy man staring at me? I thought it was the other way around. Oh, oh it, yeah, yeah, probably. She looked and she, she looked. She said, "Oh my God, I never expected to meet David Lundy. What does this mean to my marriage?" Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so well, actually, uh, we we looked away. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you didn't drink anymore. Anyway, I'll let you go for now, Dave. Thanks for doing this, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. And last but certainly not least, the always delightful Lisa Ludwig, not only from Three Tall Women, but also telling us about uh, what might be coming up for Shakespeare in Delaware Park this summer. So how are you surviving at home, and what are you doing with yourself? Well, you know, as long as I have electricity and pizza and popcorn i'm doing okay because netflix and uh amazon are really uh are really awesome and people won't believe this about me i'm knitting what you heard me okay. i'm knitting okay we have to start all over again because you just lied to me you, 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 i did not you just made up some crap that can't possibly be true what? I did not. And here's what's funny what about knitting? it. The what show. Is, are you knitting like a, a scarf or something? I'm knitting a long thing. I don't really know how to knit. I just know how to knit. So uh, I was supposed to be, uh, as part of stage stuff in uh, Three Tall Women, I was supposed to be knitting. So I was, I was practicing my knitting skills. And um, needless to say, as a going away present for not being able to do the show, I kept the, the, the yarn. Unfortunately, I only have one ball of yarn, so I just keep unraveling it and unraveling it, you know, and, and doing it again. So, so you, somebody you, for Christmas mm -hmm. is going to get this really awesome, like, long green thing. long thing. Yeah. Did you have to learn how to knit for the show? Or no, you... actually, my grand my grandma taught me to knit when I was little, and then when we were doing Man of No Importance at Irish Classical years ago, Kelly Bocock and and Lorraine, we we all just knitted things. And again, I just knit a long thing and call it a scarf. But it's very relaxing. I recommend it to anybody. Really? And you can do it while you're yeah. watching Netflix? Yes, I can. And I, it's, it, again, that and coloring. Luckily, I have a lot of coloring books here. And, you know, believe it or not, Peter, I'm cleaning. Well, now, why, yeah. would, I, why would I not believe that? I, I believe that. I might even well, start... I, delay, I don't, you know, I keep going, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do this. I can't go through the closet. I can't go through these clothes. I can't. But, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm going to have a very organized closet and attic by the end of this. Wow. Well, okay, yeah. you're, so you're making productive use of, of your time. And, and uh, you want to talk for a minute about uh, the, the situation with Three Tall Women 
how it went yeah. down? Oh, it was just sad. It was very sad. Um, we were we were supposed to be actually opening Thursday, the nineteenth, and uh, you know we were so we were about a week away, and uh, we had our our uh, dress production run for our, our production team, and then the next day they had decided to uh, to cancel. So it was it was a, it's a tough show, and we had a really great great cast, <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was exciting. It, what was tough about the show? You said you had written to me that it were that it was one of the hardest shows you'd you'd had to study for. Yeah, it just the, the lines and the way it works. It, it was difficult, and especially um, our Barbara Lynn Larue was playing, playing. We play act. We play A, B, and C, and she she was A. Like in Act One, all she had is monologues. We would have to go. Oh, yes. Really? And it was just, and that seems hard. And then in act two, they say to my character, but wait a minute, here's a three or four page monologue. Why don't you do this now? So it was just, it was tough. And there was a lot going on with me with work at the same time for our fundraiser and just trying to find the time to really work on the, the lines was hard. Mm -hmm. So then to finally go, oh my God, I've got them. This is going to be so great to open next week and go, <laughs> so I was like, okay, but yeah, I understand. I mean, this is this is where we're at right now, and they're talking about not next season, but the season after bringing it back. So yeah, I was going to ask that question <laughs> because a lot of the other theaters are think. Well, the same thing with Indecent at the Cavanoki when we closed. You know, Lorraine's been trying to figure out a way to bring it back in the future sometime, and and I know that the Road Less Travel is going to plan to try to bring something back, not even next year, but the year after I was talking to Dave Lundy and the the, the Irish is thinking of the same thing because they want to bring the onion game back but next season is sort of already in the books and ready to go and they so they can't really do it next season what about Shakespeare what's going on there well you know the good news for us is our season doesn't even start till the end of June so we break ground normally in May I mean so we've got we've got time to make those decisions possibly even if it's a, a week on the other side to look at opening a week or two later we could but we're trying to at this point we're lucky enough to stay positive <laughs> and go let's see what happens in the next month because obviously if things take a turn for the better which i know everyone is hopeful for come summertime people are going to want something to do <laughs> Boy, so that's, that's um, for sure i can't wait yeah for the so i mean break. you know i'm not trying to be a pollyanna and you know oh my god everything's going to be great but I, I am being hopeful that if you know people are taking at this point, the quarantine seriously. We all do our due diligence for the next few weeks that we'll hit that, that flat line and maybe by the summer, you know, we'll all be back to normal. Well, I really think you're, and I think you're right. We have to plan that things will normalize. We don't know how soon, but at, at some point, things will go back to <laughs> whatever sense of normalcy we ever had. But at some point- I was gonna say, theater people aren't normal anyhow. That's, so, that's... you know. <laughs> We are social beings, so I, I'm trying to talk to people more on the phone instead of texting. I go, we do that in normal life. Why don't we go back to the old days, like where we talk to each other? <laughs> I talked to my brothers last night for about a half an hour. I talked to my granddaughter on FaceTime yesterday for about 40 minutes. I just got a text from my daughter saying, please, my kids are finished with their schoolwork already. Somebody call and talk to them. <laughs> You know, but somebody, we'll pay you. We'll pay you money because they, you know, they're sequestered in in Atlanta and they're in the house with two, with a thirteen year old and a ten year old, 
Oh, as a matter of yeah. fact, the ten-year-old turns eleven tomorrow, so they're they're crazed. <laughs> you know, they're what are we doing? Right. Are you having meetings like via phone and Skype it's, and stuff with? Yes, with it's board funny. Members and it's things? funny that you say that. Yeah, because um, we're having a little conference this afternoon because we're still going on with grant meetings. We're doing uh, meetings for grants, uh, virtual. I don't know if we're doing it FaceTime or just by phone, but yeah, we're still moving forward and still doing work for the season. You know, it, it's it, at this point things aren't stopping. There's some things we we're, we're just planning on what to do. Things might be, you know, a little later getting some things out to people, you know, a couple of weeks later, but we're planning on, on moving forward. Yeah. So we're, we're continuing with, with, uh, with plans for the future, assuming that there will be one. And, and yeah, I mean, again, look at this. The good news for everybody is look at everybody who can work from home. People, you know, how many years ago this wouldn't have happened? This would even be worse. So, I mean, people are, it's a little harder, but, oh, no you kidding. know, people yeah. are. Yeah, a few years ago, we wouldn't have even been able to consider doing work from home. It would have been. No. How can you do that? Uh, but now, uh, I mean, even you know, even we were talking Instacart or food deliveries or Grubhub or or those things. You know, years ago, you wouldn't have been able to have people deliver groceries to your door because you couldn't get out or something like that. And I really do think that, although as I was telling you, you know, I was at Aldi today and there was a couple there. It was it was crowded. Uh, I'd never seen so many people, and they had toilet paper. And there was a couple. They did? I I watched a couple go through the line three. Well, not three times, twice. And as I was leaving, they went back in again, and they were going to into buy. There must have been a, a limit on how much toilet paper you could buy. <laughs> they they were on their third trip in to buy another multi pack of toilet paper. What, okay, but see, that's what's wrong. What's wrong that's with you what people? People shouldn't be doing. I know it. You know, and again, I'm not trying to point fingers, but it's like no, <laughs> like. Uh. And there was plenty of My food other- there too. There was plenty of food. There was meat. There was chicken. I bought some chicken breasts. There, there was plenty of food. There was milk. There were tons of eggs. Th- that supply line's not going to be diminishing in the near future. And this panic buying is just that, that's what's scary. In all honesty, that's what's scary. And people should be aware and concerned. They shouldn't be blowing this off. But getting you know this panic hoarding mode is what's wrong. You just need to be smart and that that's what's scary to me is is that kind of stuff did you see uh today tops is actually having a special time in the morning for their elderly customers to come through when no one else will be there did you see what time it is though yeah, like, well, that's what time you old folks are up, right? No, it's 6.30 to 7.30 you. No, I, you know what? <laughs> when I was going to the gym, I would set my alarm to get up at 7. But now I've gotten so damn lazy, and I still do workouts around the house and, and yoga and things like that. But I've gotten so lazy, I don't get out of bed until 8 or 8.30. Oh, my God. It's, it's See, so you would miss the old folk top run. I, I really would. I, and I'm not, I'm not making a special run to tops at 6.30 in the morning. There was, it's, this is ridiculous. But Well, they're trying to make people, you know, feel better. And, you know, I get it. Uh, yeah. The only other lucky thing is, is I have my two dogs. Like, that makes oh. me really happy because they don't talk back to me. And all they want to do is cuddle. So that's good. Well, I tell you the truth. It is, it is a little lonely around here. And See, I've... how many times did I tell you to get a pet or a friend? 
I'm sorry, the phone died. I didn't hear. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> it would be easier easier to get a pet than the latter, but right, yeah, that's it does. true. But then I'd have to take them to, you know, I'd have to buy food for the dog and the, or the cat. I'd empty the litter box. It's I, I'm just too yeah, late. Wow, that's that's tough. <laughs> that's tough, and then especially to have to deal with all that unconditional love. It, it it's pretty rough. It's you know, rough. I I knew that at some point, being an introvert, being someone who doesn't really like to hang around with people. I knew that would come in handy. Yeah, because you probably, this is like the norm for you, right? When the day ends, I'm actually kind of sad that, oh, I didn't, I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to. Oh, you know what? I've got all day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I've been getting a little bit more done, even though I say, oh, I've got till tomorrow or next week for the matter. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yesterday I wasted about, I'm not kidding, I wasted about four hours trying to figure out how to record from FaceTime and because I wanted to do something for this podcast and I and I just I wasted so many hours I couldn't get it right now it's this long long process but you know what who cares I I got right it's gonna keep you busy that's right it's keep it's giving me a project it's giving me something it you know what it is it's a lot like you're knitting yes I don't know where exactly this is going nor do you know where your knitting is going to end up but it's it's a project it's something to get done my knitting is my knitting is going to end up as a, a lovely Christmas present for somebody. I know where mine is going, all right? I just don't know who is going to be the lucky person to receive it. I think the operative word there is lucky person. Yeah, yeah. I hope, it's, I hope it's one of your children because I know Sid will probably be able to put on a smile face and go, oh, <laughs> Mom, this is lovely. Thank you so yes, much. It was made it was made from the heart and with love. The only panic moment I had the other day is I thought my internet went out. Oh, oh, that was bad. Oh yeah. If that goes out then it's it's the end of time. I mean for me it would be. It, it would be because I'm doing the same thing. I'm watching a lot of What are you watching on Netflix by the way? Well, you know, you know me. I always try to watch the the shows that have been off the air for like 20 years and there's 20 million episodes. Yeah. <laughs> So, or 20 seasons. So I started, I watched The L Word. Have you ever seen that one? I, no, I never did. Well, yeah, it's not even that it's great, but you know me. I also don't stop watching something once I started it. Then I panicked because last week they said, this show is only available on Netflix till March 20th. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to get through like five more seasons. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, <laughs> quarantine came for us all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to finish it by March 20th. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. Did I want to see The Hunter. Are Not, Hunters on oh, Amazon Hunter. Prime? Uh, yes, I am watching Hunters on Amazon. I'm on the last episode, as a matter of fact. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it. Here it's supposed to be great. Have you watched Sex Education? No, but isn't that the one where it's about kids? There are kids involved, but they, it's, it's, you know, it's not Dawson's Creek. I think you will enjoy it. You know how I am about kids. I know, but Julian Anderson is on it, and she's quite good. Doesn't she I, play, know, a, she plays like a sex therapist? Yeah, the and, mother of the kids you will hate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's different when the whole show is about kids. It's when they, th- when they have a normal show about, you know, humans... And all of a sudden, they sh- throw in a teenage subplot because teenagers are, you know, generally. Yeah, no, this is a this is a whole teenage subplot. So I take it back. Don't watch it. I did watch the movie yesterday, last night. Have you oh, seen I that? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. 
It was so sweet. And here, here, here for everyone are my top things that people need to watch. Okay. Uh, if you have not seen Jojo Rabbit yet, no, you I must. Not. Oh my God. Then you need to hang up with me as soon as I'm finished with my list and okay. watch it before you podcast anybody else. Okay. Jojo Rabbit, you must watch. Mr. Rogers, the neighborhood movie yes, with I Tom have. Hanks. Yes. Um, and The Peanut Butter Falcon with Shia LaBeouf. I, I've never even heard of that. Okay. It's on Amazon uh, Prime right now. And it's about uh, his relationship. He's kind of this wayward man and a relationship with um, a young man with Down syndrome. They meet up this unlikely travel friendship. And normally I would go, oh, no. And Sydney had kept recommending it, so I finally watched it. It is so, it is it is lovely, and I think you will enjoy it. So those are my three. Well, and yesterday was sweet as well. So people are looking for some, you know, just feel good. They're just really, really good great movies all right there you have it there you have it lisa ledwig's recommendation for the quarantine movies <laughs> and if people hate any of them i will give them their two dollar rental fee back for watching it how's that i'm gonna cut that because you could be in big trouble what i don't think so what happens if, if all 10 people who listen to my podcast actually hit you up for $2.99. I'm willing to pay them. If all 10 people hit me up, I'm going to, to save that money in the next couple of weeks. And, but they have to be honest. They have to have really hated the movie. It can't just be, eh. They have to hate it. You know, eh, it's not going to cut it. Yeah, okay. Oh, hey, you know, I was going to ask, do, do you have anything coming up next season you that, uh, that you're thinking about or preparing for? Not a dang thing. Me neither. Nothing. Oh, no, that's not Nothing. true. I do have some one thing, but... Um, it's either going to be a full year off <laughs> or uh, or maybe something will, will come about. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Lisa Ludwig is available. I mean, I mean for, for no, theater. Not for cooking or anything like that. I don't cook. Well, there you have it. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better. Just uh, keeping into some kind of conversation with another human being it just made me feel a whole lot better and I know it didn't probably didn't do much for you but I thought all those people had interesting things to say about their situation and everyone was different but I do feel more positive about it because I feel like the theater community is uh, going to resurrect itself in a big big way and uh, very soon at least that's the feeling that I got but I do have some bad news for you. I have a whole bunch more of these conversations, and I just might put them out next week. So go to Apple Podcasts or Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts from and subscribe. I'll be around for a little while longer as long as they don't shut me down, as long as there's not a knock at my door. I hope you are all staying happy and healthy, mentally sane, because this is going to take a toll on us, and it's not going to be easy, but we will survive. And I will see you here probably next week when our regularly scheduled podcast will be available for downloading. So I hope you come back and listen to us next week, because we will... Oh, shoot, I was afraid this was going to happen. I've spent too much time too close to you, and clearly... I have to go back to social distancing, getting as far away from you as I can, but I hope to be back next week on Off-Road, an RLTP podcast with Pete Pomisano.